0: what is good people welcome back to another episode of the undiluted football show if you don't know by now i'm your host at tony i don't know what i'm at but i'm your host tony okay we are back the season is back football is back we've had a long we've had a long summer off we had the euros but premier league football is now back up and running just before the international break but there's so much going on there's so much at the end of august there's a lot of things going on so let's get straight into it first things first we need to talk about this transfer market. This has been the craziest transfer window ever, in my opinion. I don't know a transfer window where we've seen so many high-profile deals done, especially post-pandemic. or We're still in the pandemic, but you know what I mean, post-COVID. This has been the cra- craziest, absolutely craziest transfer ever. One that um was over the weekend was one of the biggest transfers of it to think. It's not even over, and we can still see Mbappe going to Real Madrid. But the big transfer that everyone and my United faithful are talking about is Cristiano Ronaldo is coming home. I never thought this would happen. I thought I'm going to be honest. I knew he wasn't going to City. I knew I knew straight away that I know I saw all the reports. But one thing I've learned, especially with working with journalists and being in the industry and listen and just reading stuff on twitter is that when personal when people just say personal terms are agreed i'm not trying to hear that we agreed personal terms with sancho's in 2019 and he only came in 2021 so you know how long personal terms i feel like it's just even if it's a verified source you need to be careful nowadays so apparently goncardo lopez or whatever his name is a portuguese journalist said yeah done deal city to ronaldo but uh the fergie Ma- fergie mafia the spirit of fergie and all their man said no 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 Listen, you couldn't imagine Ronaldo in a city show, right? I couldn't imagine it. I'd never thought it was going to happen. I thought he has too many mob ties at United. United would not let that happen. If he's going to go to Manchester, he's going to play for the red side. And lo and behold, it has happened. So Ronaldo has moved back to Man United, subject to personal terms. He doesn't agree personal terms, but we've agreed a deal with Juve. So it is going to happen. Um, He's going to agree personal terms, do a medical in Lisbon while he's off the international break, and then he'll probably be available for our next game, which is Newcastle at home on the 11th of September. So this is crazy because really and truly, if someone told me at the start of this season or the start of after summer said, you're going to sign Ronaldo and he's going to come back, I'd be like, we don't need him. And I'm still, as a United fan, saying we don't need him. However, one thing we've got to say is, one, I wouldn't want him to go to City. And two, if he's there, he's available. We might as well grab him. Someone like that has... I kind of see, like, for for people that watch other sports, it's like signing Tom Brady, right? And someone said this on the Times, the Sunday Times this morning. It's like, with Tom Brady, you're guaranteed a Super Bowl or you're guaranteed a playoff run or you're guaranteed something. So adding the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo to your team, you've got to fit him in your team somewhere. And you're going to guarantee goals. He was still outscoring people like Lukaku, in the Serie A, but if I talk, I'm in trouble. But um, yeah, so honestly, as United fan, I'm happy. Obviously, us fans love Ronnie. We haven't seen him since 2009, so it'd be great to see him back at Old Trafford. I've definitely got to go up there and watch him. So it's nice. It's a feel-good factor to United fans. Am I still happy for the season? We'll get onto United and we'll get onto their result later on, but still talk about the transfer window. So obviously, Ronaldo's gone back to Man U, Messi moved to PSG, I know he uh, started on the bench today. I'm not sure about the PSG score, but I'll check that out later. See how he's doing. Messi's moved to PSG, and now PSG are looking to, to not looking to sell Mbappe, yet. Mbappe Real Madrid are trying to buy Mbappe. He's got one year left on his deal. He doesn't want to resign. The PSG sporting director came out and said, "Yeah, like he can go for the right price, which is and their price is going to be ridiculous. It's going to be around plus one sixty m's." And the fact that a player can do that with one year left on his contract just shows how much they value Kylian Mbappe and how much Real Madrid value Kylian Mbappe because they're probably going to try and get the deal done. But at the same time, who knows? Who knows? You've still got a couple of days left in the transfer window. But this has just been the craziest transfer window. Like, I'm just... From a United perspective, we've signed Varane, Sancho, Ronaldo. Like, that is ridiculous. If any, I feel like if any team, any top European side, side that. Signed those three players. I'm thinking, oh gosh, yeah, they're looking at favorites to be Champions League winners. Like, those are three great players right there. So, this has been an absolute ridiculous season, transfer market, and the most memorable yet. You know, just the, the whole roller coaster of up and down and people thinking, I saw some plastic United fans um, burning Ronaldo shirts. And next, because we all thought it was going to see next, thing you know, he's coming home. So, this has been the most memorable transfer season by far. We've still got a couple more days left. I still hope my United sign one more player, as we saw in today's game. And I'll get on to that later on in the show. We still need a midfielder. But hey-ho, at least we won. Anyway, let's get on to um, the Champions League draw, as I was talking about the Champions League. Uh, there's some easy some easy groups for it. There's not really, like, Chelsea have a Juve and then a fairly easy group. My United have Atalanta, Young Boys, and uh, Villarreal, so... I want to say fairly, fairly easy group and you can't win on penalties. You know I know Villarreal beat us in the Europa League final but you can't win on penalties in the group stage so, so we should deal with them. Uh but I think a big one is City and PSG both in the same group stage. I feel like obviously psg transfer window of just Donnarumma, Wijnaldum, Ashraf, Messi all these players that they've signed, you're thinking against City, who were finalists last year. That's going to be a really good game. Pep versus Messi as well. We haven't seen that in a while. We all thought it was going to be uh, Messi versus Ronaldo, but he decided to come back to the Reds instead of the Blues. So we'll see. We'll see if we if we see PSG later on in the in the competition. But yeah, it should be a good one. Other than that, there's not that many standout ties. You know, I know Bayern have a fairly decent group at the same time, but. Not that many standout ties in the Champions League. I feel like the most marquee tie is City PSG, which is going to be great with all PSG, their new signing. Sergio Ramos is another signing I totally forgot, but Sergio Ramos as well to PSG. Like PSG had a really good window. So they're going to be one of the uh, most famous favorite teams to win. And then you still got City as well, who signed Jack Grealish and were finalists last year. So again, they're still going to be one of the favorites. So yeah, it's going to be a really, really good Champions League this season. Um, in regards to City, let's get on to them. Yesterday, they won 5-0. Pretty comfortable win against Arsenal. I feel like City City played well. You know, City do what they always do. And especially down to 10 men, that's one of the last teams you want to go against down to 10 men. But I feel like City winning 5-0 is nothing new. they done it last week against Norwich. So that's nothing new. I feel like it's Arsenal. And I think Arsenal was the real big here. Because as we are talking about the transfer window, Arsenal are the biggest spenders in the Premier League. And... I'm sorry. As I said, we united. I know bargain deals and uh, I know all we bargained and John Murto, Mafia, and that, but we signed Varan, Sancho, and Pogba. I mean, Varan, Sancho, and Ronaldo. And Arsenal spent more than us, and they've signed what Ben White, Laconga, Odegaard, and Tavares. I think his name is that. Says it all. I don't know how a team can spend 130 million or 140 million or plus that and not improve. Like maybe they've improved their squad, but they haven't improved their starting XI, which is an issue. You can't spend 100 million to not improve a starting 11. It makes no sense whatsoever. I know all the players are under 23 and Arteta has this plan, but Amazon, you bet. You better find them cameras and find out this plan because right now, this plan is not looking good. Again, they looked terrible. It was men against boys yesterday with Man City and Arsenal, and it was terrible. Xhaka getting sent off like he isn't supposed to be the captain. Like, I know you have some hot headed players, like Rooney was a hot head, but he learned how to deal with that. Xhaka's discipline is still poor to this day, and you're the captain, and you're a good, you're a big man now. You're like 20, 20 in your 30s. Do you know what I mean? Xhaka, you need to stop making challenges like that. So, is ridiculous, and the thing is with Arsenal, as I said, with this transfer window, the most memorable, and not for Arsenal, because they've signed all these players and, and they still haven't improved. I don't get, like, how... I think one of the one of the stats I saw was eight of the players that started yesterday I think were still there under Vengar, which is ridiculous, considering you've had Emery and now Arteta in charge. And I think Arsenal are in a really, 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 really bad state. Like I know, it's as a United fan, it's nice. I don't want to say it's nice because I don't like to pray pray on my enemies. But at the same time, I'm looking at Arsenal now, and it's 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 scary it was for Arsenal because at first the argument last year was okay, Arteta needs time. Okay, we've given him he's nearly two years into the job now. We've given him more time than he than he should have. Then you can make the argument that, okay the owners are the issue. They're not backing the manager. They're not backing the manager. The owners have just backed this guy with 140 million and you can't. There, I think there's no top team or well, there's no team. There's no. There shouldn't be a team in football to spend that type of money and tell me that your team hasn't improved significantly. I don't get it. I don't get how you can spend 140 million and I'm still questioning your team. I know Arsenal and I'm, I'm going to give them the, a bit of the benefit of the doubt only because Arsenal were in a stage where Man United were at where we were in a rebuild process and you have to and i i get how rebuilds work rome wasn't built in a day you got to look for the future and unfortunately arsenal were in a circumstance in which they had to play premium price for above average players because one they're desperate to their arsenal so people know they have money hence why they signed ben white for 50 million if ben white was going to aston villa and aston villa wanted him and brighton were going to ex- ex- accept a bid They won't have sold him for 50 million. It's just because they know Arsenal are a big club. They know they're desperate. They know they want him. So you can get the most out of it. And unfortunately, that's the same thing that happened with Maguire. Maguire isn't worth 80 million. But Leicester knew when Solskjaer made that signing, we were desperate for Maguire. We were in the rebuild. It was Solskjaer trying to embed his um, philosophy into the team. So unfortunately, he had to pay premium price for above average players. And that's the situation Arsenal's at right now. However, we bought players... That fit in that go into the excise straight away. Maguire 80 million, quite expensive, straight into the team. Wambasaka 50 million, straight into the team. You can't be signing people like Tavares and the Congo where you still have a right back issue and then you're signing a backup left back. Like, fair enough, you may need a backup left back because TN is always injured. Kalasa, that's just still there at your club. There's so many issues with Arsenal where I don't even think it's right now i'm blaming the manager especially after yesterday's performance and this is the outside looking in arsenal fans may have a different opinion but right now i'm blaming the manager because that performance yesterday was it was atrocious it was dire going down to 10 men if you look at the way chelsea dealt with 10 men with liverpool as well that is how you that is how you tactically change and switch it up and defend with 10 men but arsenal just looked dire and the fact that He's now been backed by the owners because we can't say the owners haven't backed him they've spent the most in the league this season so he's definitely been backed and he literally has nothing no changes to show for it in his starting 11. okay odegaard is going to fit into the 11 but he can't defend and yesterday the way arsenal play they play with so many people behind the ball but none of their midfielders can defend so you it's like all these players attacking you when there's only like four or five defenders on the pitch it makes no sense whatsoever but I digress that is arsenal's problem it's not my problem it's just my um it's just my opinion i honestly think i still don't know why test is in the job but hey they have a plan we will see in the amazon documentary when it comes out we will see looking back at this time and we'll think okay this is what was going on at arsenal because i have no idea right now that he's been backed i don't know how you can spend that much money and still and we're still questioning if you've improved like I knew, with at least with Maguire, we spent a lot of money, but we knew okay, our centre backs have improved, or we now have a, some. We've now signed someone that goes into our starting eleven, and he's going to start for us for years to come. But Arsenal, that's that's their their recruitment has been poor this season, in my opinion. And I know it's still early. I know it's still three games, but nothing has convinced me to say that you could you spent this money wisely. But we shall see. You know they're rock, rock bottom in the league right now. Still haven't scored a goal. We'll see with Arsenal. We'll see. But um, speaking of ten men, uh, Chelsea Thomas Tuchel and his ten men got a point away at Anfield yesterday. They looked the better team in the first half. Kai Havertz with a really good header, and they looked the better team. And I know on previous shows I've been getting on to Chelsea and saying how I'm not convinced, and I'm, I'm still going to back. I'm not going to say I'm not convinced because listen to the champions of Europe, I can't, I can't not say I'm not convinced. But they looked pretty good yesterday, and Tuchel for what he had done going down to ten men. I think the red card was a bit harsh on Reese James, but going down to 10 men and then h- him taking off Kante. Now I feel like if there's one situation where you're at Anfield, with down to 10 men going into the half. Kante is one person you want to keep on your pitch. He's very good off the ball. He's very good at intercepting. That is one person you might want to keep on the pitch, but Thomas Tuchel took him off, put on a pivot of uh, Kovacic and Jorginho, and they looks comfortable, which is kind of scary because it, one, it shows that Chelsea have a decent squad. Two, it shows that Tuchel, is a very good manager. I'm like, he's not UEFA for coach for a reason. He didn't win this Champions League with this team for a reason. He has this system and lock where they look a hard team to beat right now. I'm still not convinced that they're the best team in Europe, but obviously that's just because I feel like PSG and Bayern Munich are still better teams. But however, I've got to give Chelsea their credit. They looked really decent and they got a decent point away at Anfield. I know... Liverpool were just firing shots and Mendy's a good shot stopper. So he looks comfortable with that. They could have done that for another 45 minutes if they wanted to, they managed to the gain quite well, especially with 10 men. So props to Chelsea, um, to the North side of London. Now top of the table officially is Spurs. I'm not reading into it too much because it is Spurs. I saw Spurs top with Mourinho last, um, last year. And that was later on in the season. So, uh, but credit to Nuno, you know, three wins and three winning over the Spurs fans because he was like their 45th choice manager. And Harry Kane is staying now, so let's see how they do. Maybe they try to get back into the top six. I feel like that is Spurs' objective. I think top four is out of their reach. Get back into the top six. Try win that Europa Conference League, because why not, in a, in a sense? I think, are they still in it? I, I'm not sure their result. I'm not sure. I'm going to quickly check their league. Are they in the Europa Conference League? Okay, yes, they are. They were drawn in Group G with Rennes, Vatiz and Mira. whoever Mira, whoever Mira are. Oh, no disrespect to Mira, but there we go. So Spurs try to get a trophy because as I know Spurs fans don't want to win this trophy and everyone looks down upon it, but a trophy is a trophy and it's a European one, so you might as well go for it. But we'll see with Spurs. They look pretty decent right now. They've got um, Crystal Palace next week, which could be another win, but then then they've got Chelsea, then they've got the North London derby. So then we'll really see what Spurs are about. And we'll really see if these new sign-ins like Christian Romero, Brian Gill, or uh, their goalkeeper will um, have anything to say about that. And we'll see what they're really made of. Um, let's go on to you know, my team United now. I'm going to be real with you. We look awful. We looked awful today. We looked awful. And at the end of the day, we won. And... I've listen, I've seen United win many trophies in my, in my in my childhood. I not say my lifetime, but yeah, in my lifetime. I haven't seen them win trophies in a bit, but in my childhood, we won a lot of trophies, and I can give you countless games where United didn't play well, but we still got the win. And this was one of the games to get the win today. It was a it's a win that champions get. Now I'm not saying we're going to be champions. I'm not saying we're champions elect. Very early on in the season, but. I think with all the signings we've made now and the high-profile players, it is crunch time for Oli. If Oli doesn't deserve, just doesn't get a trophy this season. Then we're going to be in massive danger. I feel like it has to be the league or the Champions League. Now I know that sounds ridiculous, but if you hear me out, we're not going to we're not going to be in the Europa, and we shouldn't we should get out our group. FA Cup is not going to be enough in my opinion. If Man United make top four and get an FA Cup, we've done that under Van How. We've done like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's nothing. There's nothing new. I feel like the league, especially with the players, we we've added Cristiano Ronaldo to our team. He's going to be playing in the Premier League now. We've still got Cavani, Pogba, Greenwood, Rashford to come back. Sancho. It has to be. It has to be title challenge, and there's a lot of pressure on Lee. Whether he can take it, and whether the players can take it, we shall see. But um, it was it was it was it was a poor game today. I feel like Wolves were a much better side. If Wolves have anything about them, they they would have beaten us comfortably. Um, Varane looked good. I thought Fred was um, was had a poor game in my opinion. And this is my only worry, but as a Man United fan, I think and Man United have can back me on this is that we need a defensive midfielder desperately. The Ronaldo transfer I was very happy about, but I thought to myself, oh, if we sign Ronaldo, is that the funds for a defensive midfielder? Can we still get a defensive midfielder through the line by Tuesday? I don't know, but I really feel like we need one. And especially today's game showed it because Fred was awful. Pogba was in the pivot with an awful Fred, and it just just didn't work. Ruben Neves looks really good today. I wouldn't even mind just slapping balls a a quick 35 ends and say, let's take Ruben Neves. He can sit in front of a back four and do the job. He's not my first choice, but right now I don't think beggars can be choosers because I feel like a DM is just the position we need to start thinking, okay, I can comfortably say United, are title challengers. Title challengers. United can go for this. United been going for all these, um, all these positions. In regards, I know a lot of people have been saying, oh, uh be playing the pivot." And where's Donny Van de Beek? I don't see Donny Van de Beek as that player. In a sense, like I can see why today he comes on. The only put people. Donny van der Beek replaces the last start in our starting 11 is either Pogba or Bruno. I feel like he's more attacking in that sense. He isn't getting games. Gunnar Solskjaer did come out and say he's going to be important for us in the season. It's still early on. I know we've only played three Premier League games and we still got the Carabao Cup, the FA Cup, um, Champions League all to play. So we will see a lot of Donny later on. He just isn't getting any games at the moment. He's had a decent preseason. He looks pretty decent in preseason as well. I'm just not sure if Oli sees him as that pivot player. I feel like Oli wants him further up the pitch. But right now, Bruno Fernandes is practically untouchable and Pogba's had a really good start to the season. So you can't really – I don't know where Donny fits at the moment. Like today, if you can't put Donny in for Fred, that's way too attacking. Like this isn't FIFA. Someone needs to uh, have that defensive Work rate, which Donny doesn't have. I'm not saying he can't do it. Well, no, I'm saying he can't do it. It's it's just not his game. So I don't blame him. So I can see why he's not getting games. But in all in due course, I feel like because of uh, what he did with Ajax, and we know he's a good player, so we shall see him eventually. But I think Donny Van de Beek will be an important player for United coming in the season. We've got a, we've got a big squad. We've got a lot of games to play. Given time, you'll see Donny Van de Beek. Um, But back to the Wolves game, I just thought Wolves were the better team, I'm not even going to lie to you. XG can show you that uh, Damajorio was dribbling. Well, this is the thing. I look back at the game now, Damajorio has had us on strings, dribbling past people like they were nothing. But again, no end product. How many times have I seen that from the Royore? So if he does that every game, I don't think it's not nice to watch against your, it's not nice to watch against your team. But if he has that same end product, I'll be all right. We kept a clean sheet at the end of the day. De Gea made a um, very good double save looking like prime De Gea back in the day. Trincal. for people that watched Barcelona last season, you know is a baller. I feel like he's going to be a very good little signing, or little loan for um, Wolves. I feel like, you know, when Wolves get these little wingers, like obviously we saw with Diogo Jota, Pedro Neto, uh, Daniel Pudence, like Wolves and or Jorge, Jorge Mendes FC, as we like to call him, know how to get these little players in and these portuguese and you know the portuguese influence in wolves is crazy so yeah Drinkwell, he looks really good today uh he was he was he had i feel like he had the better of uh arawan basaka or no luke shaw for a bit as well and he had a chance uh, got cut off the line by arawan basaka so wolves did look good it's weird that they haven't scored a goal yet because they look really good i feel like okay really good to stretch may not with more poor than wolves looking really good but I feel like they're they're a good attacking team. They play a different football to Bruno, I and mean, we'll see we'll see a lot of Wolves if they keep playing like that. So kudos to them. Um, but looking as a United fan, the hopes for this season, as I said, it's got to be a title challenge. We just got a challenge for everything. We've got a big enough squad to do it. I know it sounds cliche, but I'm just reluctant to say I'd be very hyped up if we got a DM. As soon, if by tuesday we get a dm you'll see me on twitter i'll I say on on the on next week's show i'll be like listen title challenge boom we've got our dm look at this attack look at this defense we are cushy, but not until we get that dm i feel like that's such an important role and i feel like if we go another transfer window without suing on our role, was going to be really annoying because united fans know about nick fred and we're tired of the, the shackles of nick fred so we really don't want this but um we'll see even without a DM, can Man United make the top four? Yes, I feel like Man United have become a much better team than they were last season, and they finished last season. They finished second last season. I know that's a bit bad logic, and Liverpool had a crazy, uh, crazy run at the end that got them into fourth. I know Chelsea um, was a, started under Lampard, and Tuchel came in, and then they had a decent run. But at the same time, I just look at the top four. I feel like you can kind of establish it right now off the top of your head. In no particular order, I'm going to go United, City, Chelsea, Liverpool, which I think everyone can kind of agree with. Those are the ones that you look, oh, gosh, how many? How are you going to beat these teams? All of these teams have improved once again. So that's why I feel like the top four might go. Um, going down, if we talk about relegation, who doesn't look good? Watford don't look good so far. Watford look pretty poor again but what for a yo-yo club they always bounce up and down uh of the new pr- promoted sides brentford i think brentford look really good i don't think they're going down at all they still um sort a stat they still haven't lost yet and they're um i think huddersfield was the last team to do that in the 17-18 season but a newly promoted side hasn't lost their first three games so i think brentford look really good i like i do like thomas frank and brentford are a nice little london club you know big up the west london man them but um yeah, I, I i like I like Brentford. I don't think Brentford will go down. Norwich haven't impressed me. I feel like they will never learn. I feel like if anyone has watched SpongeBob and the Spongebob mean of of that old man and the and the fish saying, How many times do we have to tell you, old man? I feel like I want to say that to Daniel Farko because how many times do we have to tell you? I know Norwich played good football, and I know they can do that in the championship and they can bat out the championship. But sometimes you've just got to play that nitty-gritty football to get the points. You can't go toe-to-toe. Unless you're Leeds and you're Bielsa, you can't go toe-to-toe with teams constantly. And even still, that doesn't work because if you go toe-to-toe with United, you get slapped up 5-1 or you get slapped up 6-2 like last season. Like It's not ideal. You don't want to keep going through the season getting slapped up like that. Obviously, Leeds have better players than Norwich, but you can't do that. I know they want to play good football. I know the players they sign is to not play pragma- pragmatic football. But if you're a newly promoted sign, sometimes you've got to be pragmatic. Sometimes you just got to get them scrapey draws. you just got to get points on the board so you're not relegated. And then you can start improving your team. Then you can start building your philosophy. Because I feel like Norwich are going to go through the same thing they do every season. Of, of, okay, they, they might have a good result. I remember that time, the last season, no, two seasons ago when they were in the Prem, they beat oh, Sorry, I'm just going to itchy arm. Um, two seasons in the Prem, they beat... Um, City at Carrow Road and everyone's like, Yeah, you know, Pookie and Pookie and then man, you know Pookie was going for a madness and everyone put him in his fantasy team. You can't do that again. And I think like how many times are you gonna learn? You don't wanna be a yo-yo club, right? You need to think, okay, that didn't work last season. How do we I know we've maybe we got better players, maybe we've done this, but how do we stay up this season? What what can we learn from our mistakes? And I still think Norwich haven't done that. So right now if I'm looking at teams that don't look good. And that might go down. I'm looking at Watford. I'm looking at Norwich. I don't want to say Burnley. Burnley always find a way to get up. Brighton. Brighton looks fairly decent. Arsenal. Obviously, Arsenal are not going to get relegated. Well, I don't know. The way they're playing, they're not going to get relegated. Newcastle might be a shout. Newcastle haven't had the greatest start to the season. They were quite unlucky with the penalty. Uh, with the penalty decision last night. Which made it 2 all. But I feel like with newcastle because they're a big club and they're not playing well well like what we did with with steve Ruth last season they finished 12th i think it was 12th last season was something ridiculous like that bear in mind they were in a the relegation battle for time and then they just went on a run and they finished 12th so i don't really fear newcastle as much of them going down i know they still need a couple more players and newcastle fans have gone through a lot with the whole takeover stuff and and uh my man from sports direct but at the same time, I just, I don't see Newcastle going down. Um, I'm not sure. I feel like I've got, I'm going to name one more team. I'm trying to think who, who I've watched. Maybe Burnley. Maybe. I don't think Wolves will go down this way. Maybe Burnley. I don't know. Palace, I feel like Palace looks pretty decent against West Ham. Maybe Burnley right now. I don't think Newcastle will go down. Burnley might go down. They've only uh, won. They've only drawn one, and that was today. Got their first points at home um, to Leeds. So I don't know. But again, Norwich, Norwich is for me. They've already got a minus nine goal difference already. So they they just never learn. But we'll see. The season's just started. There's still 35 more games to go. We'll talk about this in May. Do you know what I mean? Uh, last but not least, the last topic: Golden Boot. Now we've got a lot of players this season that are going for the golden boots you have your canes your Salas, your bruno Fernandez. right now it's uh Mikel antonio he's got four this season he looks really good for west ham really good i feel like both goals he scored he was he assisted one the one he assisted looks so classy from west ham i thought it was such a classy goal for now's his goal it was like one of you know when you sweat it on fifa but it, it looked good, put it that way. I feel like if that was City Arsenal doing that, I feel like people would raid that. Goal. I thought it was such a classy goal from uh, Mikel Antonio and um, For now, so and yeah, West Ham look good in my opinion. They look much, but they play exciting football. Dare I say it? Under Moyes, like they they play exciting football under Moyes, and we'll we'll see what they're about in Europe. They've got a fairly easy European uh, Europa League group, so we'll see. But um, in regards to the Golden Boot, Mikel Antonio, he, he won't win it. But right now he's leading with four. Mason Greenwood's got three and three at the moment. He's looking in form, you know. My little generational finisher, uh, Calvert Lewin's got three as well. Bruno Fernandez has got three, but that was his three from the first game this season. Um, I feel like if I had to pick a, you know what? No, I'm not gonna say Ronaldo. I'm not gonna say Ronaldo. I know my 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 heart wants to say Ronaldo, but uh, excuse me. If he if he gets pens then why not? Maybe Ronaldo. I don't see Lukaku getting the golden boot at all. I've I've actually made a bet with um, one of my friends that Lukaku won't get 20 Premier League goals, which I know that sounds absurd, but you've got to realise last season, Golden Boot was one with 22, no, 21 Premier League goals, if I remember correctly. The season before that, it was, um, it was, let me just check, was it 21 goals? No, it was 23 goals last season. The season before that, it was one with 23 goals. The season before that, it was run with 22. So, Vardy, Aubameyang, uh, Mane and so, and uh, Salah. The people don't get the 31s, the 30s that they used to back in like the 07-08 days. And it's not—it's very hard to score 20 Premier League goals at the moment because you're getting goals from all angles of the pitch. So, I don't see Lukaku getting 20 Premier League goals. Like, I know this Chelsea side, like, again, yesterday, I don't think he done much. But Chelsea fans don't know about big game wrong yet. I'll let them know about big game ROM. That was a prime example of it. Like we as a United fan, we went through it for two years. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get onto it. You guys will see later on in the season what I'm talking about. But um yeah, I just I don't see Lukaku getting it. Mate Salah will be up there, Salah gets his goals, Kane once he starts firing, and once he's back inside, I feel like he'll he'll start firing for um for West Ham. If Ronaldo takes penalties then I can see him getting the golden boot just because his goal record is ridiculous. You can't deny him. He was scoring 30 odds for, for Real Madrid. I mean, for Juve at the age, I didn't even know he scored a, over a hundred goals for Juve, which is ridiculous because I only felt like he was there for like two seconds or a couple years, if that, but he scored over a hundred goals for Juve, which is ridiculous. So you know what? I feel like because I'm in a good mood because United won and we played poor, And I've got the United shirt on. I might as well just back my new number, whatever he's going to be. It's not going to be number seven, but I feel like I'm going to back Ronnie to get the golden boot. And I would love it. I would absolutely, in the words of Kevin Keegan, I would love it if Ronnie got the golden boot because it's it's just nostalgia, man. It's just coming back, tearing up the Premier League once again. I'm here for it. But we shall see. We've got, as I said, we've got 35 more games to go. Got a long time. There's no rush. We'll see. Well, uh thank you guys so much for watching you can subscribe to undiluted media on youtube thank you for watching the undiluted football show i'm your host tony Foke. like share subscribe with your friends if you guys want to do some listening questions let us know if you guys want some guests on let us know at undiluted media one on twitter and on insta as well let us know we'll chop it up with some fans I'll I'll get my agendas back on. You know my Mason Mountain agenda. Don't worry, it's still coming. We sh- well that again later on in the season when when I have more evidence. But thank you so much for watching. Until next time, people. Sports social podcast network. With the lucky Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.